As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. I remember when I was a brand new Christian and um, somebody gave me a cassette tape. Does anybody remember that? Those little things. And, and so you actually, yeah, somebody's like, not really, doesn't know. Can somebody explain to this guy who obviously doesn't know what a cassette is, what it is, but it's not an album. Oh no, you don't know what that is either. But seriously, I took this thing and I was in the business world and I, I wound up listening to it on my way to a sales call from, I was living in Arlington Heights at the time and, and I was driving up to Milwaukee. And I kid you not, this album and this one song in particular, it, it changed the trajectory of my life. As a business person, as a friend, and as a family member. And so I just want to read a few of the lyrics. I've, I've quoted this before. It's by Keith Green, if you remember that name. This was written way before. I mean, I got this and he, well, somebody knows him. <laughs> I, I, I got this thing, and I mean, this, it was old when I got it. It's called the sleep in the light. Do you see, do you see all the people sinking down? Don't you care, don't you care, or are you going to let them drown? How can you be so numb not to care if they come? You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. And I, I was driving, and I, I'm thinking, that's me. And, and then he goes on, and he says, oh, can't you see it's such sin? And, and I never thought about it like that before. And sin, James chapter four, is seeing, knowing the right thing to do and not doing it, it it's sin. He says, because he brings people to your door and you turn them away and you smile and say, God bless you, be at peace. And all heaven just weeps because Jesus came to your door and you left him out on the streets. Open up, open up, give yourself away. You see the need, you hear the cries. How can you delay God's calling you, and you're the one. But like Jonah, you run. He told you to speak, and you keep holding it in. The world is sleeping in the dark that the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. How can you be so dead when you've been so well-fed? And then this is the line. Jesus rose from the grave, and you can't even get out of bed. This song helped me to change perspective in who I was as an employee, as a father, as, as a husband, as, as a follower of Christ, that, that my job was to use my testimony, to use my story for his glory. And so that's what I want to talk to you about. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open it up to Matthew chapter 10. We're in a series. We're closing it down today. It's called Kingdom Builders. Has it been good? And so we've been talking about using our time and leveraging our time, our talent, our treasure. And today it's our testimony. And I can't even tell you. I was watching on the way here, the service. Many of you know that I speak up in, in um, uh, I don't know where I was. Wheaton. It's not that far. Some of you are like, Wheaton, is that in another country? I like to prefer, refer to it as the Protestant Vatican. That's where I was. 
And, and so, so, I mean, I'm telling you, was, was this not unbelievable, this, to, this testimony? Yeah. Praise the Lord for the Tudor family. And Mark, I mean, just to hear your story, your testimony, your passion, and to baptize your two boys. And man, it, it doesn't get any better than that. That's what I'm asking you to do. Maybe it is get in the tank and do it in the water because you haven't done it. Thankful that he modeled that no matter when. It's never too late to come and to be baptized. But also, more importantly, that when you do that, that, what? that we have an opportunity in this season to leverage our testimony for his glory. So let me begin reading it starts in Mark chapter, excuse me, the, uh, it's in Mark and it's also in Luke. So this is the sending out text is in three of the four gospels. It's one of my favorites. And I'm le- reading from Matthew chapter 10. I'm gonna start in verse five. It says, these 12, Jesus sent out instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And proclaim as you go, say, the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopards, cast out the demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. Hey, you don't need any gold, you don't need any silver, you don't need copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, no two tunics, no sandals, no staff. For the laborers deserves his food. But remember this, whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come down upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable one day on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than it is for that town. Father, use your word to speak to our hearts. Thank you for the vulnerability, the transparency the heart and just what's been demonstrated already for sharing your, how you've been at work in a certain family. And we're just, we're just grateful for you that you work in our lives. Use this story to inspire us to leverage our testimonies for our good and for your glory. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. Okay, we've been doing a kind of a fun thing in this series. If you haven't been with us, we're talking about a message in a sentence. So the message in one sentence, I'm gonna put it up on the board. It's simply this. When I leverage my testimony as a kingdom builder, I care and share with intentionality, with urgency, with compassion, with confidence. That's the message. You could even write that over the heading in your Bible of this text, Matthew chapter 10, verses five through 15. That's what it's about. And so this is the early days. This is the first start. This is when these guys knew nothing, basically, and they were sent out. And so let's begin with the first phrase that I care and share, two words chosen precisely. Get to that in a moment. I care and share with intentionality. Now, if we look at the text and you look with me at verse five, it says these 12. Now, all you need to do is look up to verses two through four to know the 12 names of the disciples if you don't know. Don't be embarrassed. I kind of get confused sometimes too. But the names are listed right there. These were the 12 guys that Jesus was spending the three years with. And they were the ones that he would send out to rock the world. And this is the first time he sends them out alone. And he says, send out. Now, if we double click on these two English words, 
the Greek word comes from one word that gives us our word apostle. That's what these 12 became. They weren't apostles yet. They became apostles when they saw the risen Christ. So that's really important. Are there apostles today? Not in this sense. Because none of us have seen Jesus within, like, you know, his nail scarred. We haven't, maybe, oh, I saw him in a dream. No, you didn't, he didn't touch you and physical presence and standing before you. That's an apostle. So don't get upset about it. And if somebody calls himself apostle, like, you know, get off of it. Don't, who cares? <laughs> but just know this. We're all going to be apostles someday because we're going to see the risen Christ, right? So I'm just waiting for my apostleship. <laughs> However... Some have been given apostolic gifts. And those are the people that God uses to start something out of nothing and rally people. And, and, and those gifts do exist. But apostle, eh? apostolic gifts, yes. But then here it says it. Go nowhere amongst the Gentiles. Hey, get away from the Samaritan. I don't want you going to the town. Of this. Look at how specific it is. Like, we think Jesus just doesn't care what we do or where we go. No, he's like, hey, lock eyes in this area. And, and he says, go to the house of Israel. I love this phrase, the lost sheep. You know any lost sheep? I gotta be honest, I, I talk to lost sheep all the time. I, I, I got some lost sheep in our church that I've talked to. I've been a lost sheep I just, we lose our way. We're like sheep. We're stubborn. We're stupid. We're stinky. Three words for you. <laughs> stubborn, stupid, stinky. That's a sheep. And that's what you are and that's what I am. And so Jesus says, go to those people, the house of Israel. Now it's important to get our theology correct. And so, yes, God says in the New Testament, his word tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, that God desires all people to be saved. Yes, it says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, that we're to spread the gospel and make disciples of all nations and all tongues and all languages. But here it's a specific situation. Don't go to the Gentiles because it's not their time yet. Go to the house of Israel first because they're the people of God. And so we know most of us, if you've been raised in the church, I wasn't, but I know now that the message went to God's people first. They rejected it. In their rejection, we Gentiles, more specifically us Italians, that's the only way we got in. The Gentiles got in because somebody else rejected it, because they were God's people. And Paul shares his heart about that in Romans chapter 9 through 11, that it ain't over till Jesus says it's over. And his heart is for all people, specifically his people. But I don't want us to miss the, the strategic nature of how Jesus wants you to go after people. And so we've used this illustration so many times. I mean, I've done, been doing it since the beginning of the church. That, that people are like apples. Pick these up at Jewel today. Didn't have any breakfast. Think I might take a bite out of it by the next service. And... And there's red apples. These are people that are ripe for the gospel. And there's green apples. These are people who are not ripe for the gospel yet. Did you hear that? Ripe for the gospel. Why? Because I've learned and we've seen at our church the circumstances of life ripen people to the gospel. 
disaster, difficulty, even death of a loved one, marriage crisis. It, it ripens people to embracing the truth, and that's what happened to me. And, and then some people just aren't ready yet. And so this holiday season, would you look for the red apples that God has placed in your life? God has sovereignly placed you in, in a family. God has sovereignly placed you in a community. God has sovereignly placed you at that school. God has sovereignly placed you in a job at that Christmas party. Yes, look for the red apples that we would be intentional. Not that we're gonna ignore these, but that we would spend some time thinking about who God is ripening to the gospel. Maybe it is that neighbor who lost that loved one in your neighborhood. Maybe it is that person who lost their job at work that you know, having a difficult time finding another one. Maybe it is, I love having students here, maybe it's that kid in the lunchroom who's sitting by himself. That's the kid that's ripe for the gospel. Because God uses the circumstances of life to ripen us to the gospel. Believe that? Maybe you've experienced it. Second, we're talking about urgency. So this is an urgent message. Let's go right to the text and we want to get everything out of here. Good stuff? And so look at the phrase that Jesus says. He says he's very specific and intentional of not only where to go and where not to go, but he's very specific and intentional about what you're to say. And so he says, proclaim. And if we double click on that word, it literally means in its original language, it was used of a herald. It means to herald. And so we don't have this anymore because we got, you know, you, like this is pre-printing press and pre uh, internet. And so pre-printing press and pre-internet, I got to go explain this to this guy over here. <laughs> that phone, it wasn't like that. There was one with a cord and you had to talk on it. And then there was some other kind where I, all those things, a herald was somebody who would shout the message down the street. Think, I don't know, think Paul Revere, the British are coming, the British are coming. I mean, knocking on doors. In this instance, it was a special message for the king that they had to get out. And, and so that's what we're to herald. What's our message? The kingdom of heaven's at hand. He's sending his 12 guys. That's what you're to say. And so we've seen this phrase before. I won't belabor it. Kingdom of heaven. That is the reality. That is the future and the final reign and rule of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the kingdom of heaven. The future, the final, the reign, the rule. Those are the four words of Jesus Christ on this earth. Theologians tell us, they use this interesting phrase. If you're not taker, write this down. Now, but not yet. It's very theological. Now, meaning it starts now in the human heart. They were expecting the Messiah to set up a kingdom. That's why the lost sheep of Israel didn't recognize Jesus. But, but what? It's now that it starts in the heart. It was starting with these guys. It started in you. Not yet refers to it's going to impact everyone and everything. Read Revelation. He's going to rule forever. He's coming back. Second advent. Advent means 
arrival. Advent means coming. It's come to be known specifically in reference to Jesus' birth. Talk about that next week. We've begun the Advent season. It's the first week of Advent this Sunday. Your kids are learning about the hope, the blessed hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And we have hope. We heard hope proclaimed through the tank at any age, in any stage. Man, what a line, I'm telling you. 60 years. I finally. Like, like, are you kidding me, man? The hope of the Lord Jesus Christ, the blessed hope that the kingdom of hand it, the kingdom of God is at hand. So at hand means it's right in front of your face. It, it, it's like, don't ignore this. And so that's the message that we're to proclaim. And for them, it was an urgent message because it was authenticated by what they did, which we'll get into in a moment. And, and so that accelerated the message. And so for us, we got to think about the urgency. And that's what hit me. And you say to yourself, oh, you read some kind of lyrics from some song never heard of from 50 years ago. What? Some of us, we just got to go back to what it was that stirred our heart to proclaim the urgency of the message today. And that's what Advent should bring. A level of urgency. Because the whole world's thinking about Christmas. Oh, it's in the name, Christ. Maybe they don't understand. Maybe, maybe this is them. But that's what this season is about for us. Kingdom builders. I remember when Jody, um, she, we're at this lazy river in Myrtle Beach of all places. And so we're sitting there sipping on some iced teas and I'm reading a book and and I, I kid you not, there was a woman holding a baby. The woman dropped the baby accidentally into the lazy river. Jody got up, spun around once, turned into Wonder Woman. <laughs> and then Linda Carter. Yeah, some of you got that. That dude didn't. He's clueless over there. He's so clueless right now. He's like, just let, don't let him take away his phone. Okay. But, but, but what happened was Jody jumps in and, and she, okay, I'll help you. And she, she takes the baby and she lifts it up. You know, Mufasa, remember that? And, and like, she delivers the baby to this woman and we're us mere mortals are like, what just happened? Hey, hey if you saw your friend at lunch, I mean, choking, what would you do? You, you do the Heimlich. Hey, you know what? You go to a Christmas party and you know, one or two too many and you know what? The next thing you know, your friend's going out to the car and they got the keys and they're gonna drive them some home and they insist, what do you do? You take the keys away. Hey, maybe you're up in Wisconsin and you're at the, um, whatever, the indoor water park and somebody falls in and the kid's drunk. What do you do? You, you're like, Jody, you jump in. then why, when we see people we love and care for all around us drowning spiritually, do we sit back and do nothing? That's the message. Just let that sit. What is it that causes us 
to not feel and to not respond and to not take advantage of the opportunities right in front of us. That, that's my heart. That's what I want for our church. There's an urgency. And so next word, just walking through the text, compassion. And so this is like, man, everything, this is like, this is what opens up the way. This is what brings this to this. Look at the text because it's really interesting because this is what scares us off. And so it says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopard, cast out the demon. You say, what? <laughs> and you say, Ron, you know what I'm telling you, if I could do all that, that then maybe I would, I would share. And, and, and we're missing the point. They did the miraculous. And we've taught this before. Let's catch you up if you're new with us. This is what I call healing on demand. It's like these guys just went and they touched someone who, and, and man, and do we have that anymore? I can't do that. Key phrase, listen closely. God can. I can't. I don't know if you can. I don't think you can, but God can. And so this unique period in time, they were authenticating the message. They were accelerating the message. And so there was some unique things that were happening as the message was authenticated and accelerated that I, I can't explain to you, but it was outrageous. That's why we sit here today and we have the message. But we discount this. If I could heal, the first place I'd go over to the children's hospital and I'd be there all day. But how are we to heal? Maybe you can't do the supernatural miracle, but you can do the natural miracle. See, you are the miracle. The changed life is the miracle. That's the miracle. You are the miracle. You are the miracle. You're not able to necessarily do the miracles because then you take the glory away from God. Maybe that's it. Now, just a quick teaching on healing real quick. We believe in healing here. We're not a sensationist church that don't believe that God can't do that. But what does the New Testament say about healing in the later chapters, in the epistles, and what James writes in James chapter five? Let me remind us. It says, if someone is sick, let them call for the elders of the church to pray and anoint them with oil. And so we do that if you're sick and if you know someone who's sick or you have an illness or you're unexpected or you've been diagnosed, call for the elders to pray and to anoint with oil. And we'll tell you, we can't heal, but God can. And the oil, we don't sell it to you like they do online. It's just, it's just a representation of a reminder that I can't, God can. But how can we be the miracle today to help go from green to red. So glad you asked. Let me give you a few ideas for Christmas. How about this? How about buy a cup of coffee for the stranger in line who appears to be having a bad day? Wouldn't that be a good thing? How about kingdom builder ideas? 
Just some ideas to demonstrate compassion because what compassion is, it literally, if you double click on that word in the text, it says Jesus had compassion in other places and he felt what other people felt. And so compassion is the ability to feel what other people feel, to put yourself in their shoes because it moves you to action. That's compassion. It's that I feel and that I act. And so that's just an idea. How about another one? This Christmas season, let's, let's be more compassionate as kingdom builders. How about ask someone who looks to be upset if there's anything you can do to help? I don't know about your kids, but my kids when they were young, and like I'm a verbal person, and you know, I'm talking to anybody at the grocery store or in line and just start, you know, shooting the breeze, whatever. And at the restaurant, you're talking to the waitress, and anybody have the kids that says, You're embarrassing me. <sighs> I mean, just like I don't have a hard time talking to someone I don't know. Know your personality. Where's God leading you? But like, like can we just recognize when people are upset or and just, hey, man, can I pray for you? I mean, that's going out of your comfort zone, man. Hey, these guys were healing, okay? You can say, can I pray? How about this one? Here's a good one. Forgo something you've planned this holiday season to meet with your friend, your neighbor, your coworker who's hurting, grieving, or wrestling through an important decision. Wouldn't that be an awesome thing? Hey, we're so busy, man, and the, the rat race is about to begin. And, and just that we would not lose perspective. Remember, this is all about kingdom builders. You're a kingdom builder. You got a story. You're looking for red apples and forgo something to help someone to discern by God's grace what, where they're at. How about this? How about send an encouraging, thoughtful, and supportive message to a family member or friend who's going through a rough patch? Hey, you know, some of you guys, and you know, we're getting them already. It's the two, the three-page letter about the family with the card. Oh, Lord, help me. Four pages, five pages, six pages. Can we just break that down to one page, please? <laughs> Can we? Can we all agree here at High Point? Just one page, one page. Not really small font, one page. The economy of words. I'm joking. I love that. And I like reading about people. But what if we had a kingdom perspective this year instead of talking about us? You sent the Christmas card and you wrote a hand note and you said something about them and how important and special they were to you in your life. How, how many pages would you write then? You, you think they're gonna read that? Does anybody write in their cards anymore? Well, I know you do, thank you. I haven't gotten yours yet. <laughs> Would you please say something nice about me in the card for once? You talk about my daughters. You talk about my wife. I mean, never me. <laughs> I'm joking. I can do that with people who've been here for 20 years. But how about this idea? Give a friendly smile and yield the way to someone who's in a rush this Christmas season. I mean, it's just, just it's the little things. How about this? Good stuff? Well, with that kind of response, maybe we'll just keep going. <laughs> How about volunteering some time this month to serve a ministry that helps others in need? I'm not just talking about our church. Like there's all kinds of opportunities. I mean, just, just getting involved. And that's what this season is about. That's what kingdom builders do. And I know we've got an event. It's actually Saturday. Is, isn't that true? We have an event. I'm looking for somebody. Nobody wants to give me. Uh, Steve doesn't know. He, he, it's Care Center Christmas. And so it's a great thing on Saturday, isn't it? Coming up two weeks. 17th. And it's going to be an awesome time. 
But I'm, I'm not saying like, like, yeah, volunteer that, but there's all kinds of things that are happening where we, we, what we do here is we buy presents for kids or we hand out to kids who are in need. I mean, it's an awesome thing. Again, more ideas. We got to keep going. Invite someone who doesn't know God, turn their back on God, or doesn't attend a gospel-centered church to celebrate Christmas with you here at High Point. Save the date. 1218. These services. Invite a friend. We're going to have special music. We're going to share the gospel. We're going to hear more testimonies. It's going to be clear what the season is all about. We're going to be talking about Advent. We're going to be talking about peace and hope and love and joy. And maybe you know somebody who's been turned off. Maybe you know somebody who was this and they're not like this anymore. It's a great opportunity. Christmas Eve, we're so excited to announce this here at our Naperville location that John and Val Guerra, they're friends of ours, High Point here, and they're music artists. They've been here before. They're phenomenal. They're going to be here for Christmas Eve. And so it's going to be an awesome thing. Now, don't tell anybody else at the other locations because we're not sending them anywhere but here. So just don't say anything. But it's going to be an unbelievable time. And if you're here with sitting by yourself, you're going to be thinking, I wish I would have brought that person. I wish I would have just asked them. And so how about this one? You're like, well, these aren't good ideas. You don't know if you come up with any good ideas on the screen. Okay. How about this? Do whatever you want. Whatever you think is best. Whatever the Lord is laying on your heart. It, not what I tell you to do. You don't tell, do what I do anyways. What I tell you, just do what the Lord is laying on your heart this Christmas season and be open to him in the midst of prayer and ask him for his leading and his guidance. and Do what he says, when he says it, key, no matter the cost, no matter the sacrifice. That, that's kingdom builders. And, and so that's what we want to be and that's what we want to model. We got to get back to the basics. And so next, it's... It's about confidence. And so we need confidence. Man, I'm just, you know, this game today, I'm just fretting about it. Anyone with me? This game. Justin Fields. I love him. He, it, when he gets confidence, he's a different guy. The other guy on the other side, that guy, what's his name? Aaron Rod with those eyes, he's overly confident. He's got more confidence than his whole team. But, but he's extremely confident even when they're losing. Confidence. It, it does a lot. And I think we read this and we don't apply it to ourselves and, and we don't have confidence in what, what God's calling us to do. And so that's why he says, you don't need any gold. You don't need any silver. You don't need any copper. You don't need any tunics. You don't need any sandals. If you got a staff already, great. But if you don't have one, don't buy one. It isn't about your gifts. It's not about how great of a speaker you are. It's not how much money you have. It's not what you have or you don't have. Why does he do this? Because everything we need is in Jesus. All we need is in him. He's the power source. We're the conduits. He's the hand. You're the glove. All I need is Jesus. 
And, and he's going to do it. That's why he goes on and he says, hey, go to the place where the people are worthy. Now, what this means is go to the place where people are willing to embrace the message. Do you see the teaching? That, that's what he means. And then he goes, if the house is worthy, let your peace fall upon it. If it's not, then, hey, if it isn't, don't throw your pearls before swine. Get out of there and find this. Are you seeing it? And then he says, he says, hey, guess what? If they won't receive you, because there's some obstinate people who never will, shake the dust from your feet. He's saying, don't lose confidence. It isn't about you. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. It's about the message, not the messenger. Don't worry. Don't let that affect who you're going to go to next. But why do we lack confidence? Quickly, three things. This is why we don't share and we don't care and we're asleep in the light. We're worried about what people will think. Am I speaking truth? It's just like, what are they gonna think about me if I do that? I think we should think less about what other people and more about what God thinks. Because look what Jesus says, whoever confesses me before men, I'll confess before my father. Whoever denies me before men, well, guess what? Denial's coming before my father. We're worried about whether this is gonna damage the relationship. And I know how this can. When I first became a believer, I think I ran faster when I should have walked with some people. Don't make that mistake. But I didn't have this. And so you can't run with this, right? And, and, and so, so it's, an, it's an honest thing. What if this damages the relationship? Sorry to be the one to tell you this. If the relationship is in a place where you can't really share, it's so fragile that you can't share who you really are and what you really believe, then is that relationship really as close as you think it is? If they're going to reject you for your truth, how about the third one? It's like this. I, I, I'm worried that someone may ask a question I can't answer. And, and this is just honest truth. And I've always quoted this verse. I love it from Matthew chapter 10. It's like, hey, it ain't you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks through you. And you don't need a gold. You don't need any silver. You don't need an articulate voice. You don't need to have a master's degree. You, you don't need any of that. If you take a step out of faith, God shows up. How many people would applaud that truth? He shows up. He, 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 he does what he needs to do. So these are the reasons. And you say, well, how, do you, how, are you, how do you speak with such confidence about this? Because these are my reasons. It's actually easier to do it in this context. It's harder to do it with the people you love. So this is where we're heading. I'm uh, asking the worship team to come up uh, forward. So thankful for them. Let's praise the Lord for our, our leaders and our worship guys. So grateful. And so all the, all the application is coming right now. And so if you've been around here for a long time, you know where this is going. So pull out the prayer, care, share challenge. And so this card 
what we want to do now is we want to think about the people that God may be laying on your heart, the green apples to apply the teaching. And so I want you to look at the card and, and I want you to think beyond the card. And so think about who do I need to pray for and who do I need to care for? So maybe somebody in your life, God's asking you to do an act of kindness, to show compassion. Hey, let us know. Just write your name, write their first name. Tell us what you're thinking about doing. We want to pray for you. And, 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 and get beyond this, it's just like this. We also want you to share your story. And maybe that's going to be it. Hey, I'm going to share my story with this person. We want to pray for you. I don't want to, I want you to understand that we're going to have some awesome services on the 18th and the 24th Christmas Eve. And so this would be a great time to invite someone. And so right on there, you don't have to put the person's last name. We, we don't need that. We want your name. We want to know what the situation is, who they are in relationship to you. And then our team, we're, we're going to pray over this and we believe that God answers prayers. And you say, some have been a long time. You say, you know what? I've done this before and I've laid the card down. He's going to ask us in a moment to get up when you're ready and come forward and lay the card down. I've laid the card down year after year and nothing has happened. If that's you, don't be discouraged. You're stepping out in faith. Write it again. God says that if we ask for bread, he doesn't give us a stone. There's a reason he's put that person on your heart. Just, just write that name down and trust that the Lord is at work, even when you can't see it. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, it is the power of God. So what I'm asking you to do, if you have a pen, you got a pen, then write down the name. And then when you're done, what we want you to do is we want you to take the card and, and, and follow the instructions on the card. And, and once you write the name of the person, I'm gonna write down the person now. You're going to take this and you're going to keep this. It used to be perforated. We've gotten really cheap. You're going to take this and you're going to save that as a way for you to remember what you're doing. And then you're going to write down the name and you write those things and then you're going to put that right here. Everybody got it? Got it. So maybe you're watching online. You can just let us know online. We'd love to pray for you too. Todd's going to begin singing over us. And, and then we're a responsive church. I don't have to beg this service to respond. Let's allow the Lord to speak to us and use us as we care and we share with intentionality, as we care and we share with urgency. As, man, I'm telling you, we care and we share with compassion. Get beyond the card. Write down the act of compassion. And let's be confident. Respond as you feel led.